You're listening to a CFCC audio podcast. For news and service times, visit www.cfccnet.org. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us at Sci Fair Christian Church. We are excited to worship with you today. Next Sunday, we are having a blood drive, and that blood drive is in honor of and in memory of Marilyn Jackson. Uh, Marilyn was a longtime attender of our church. Uh, she recently passed away, and her family asked that instead of sending flowers, that people make blood donations in her honor. So what we're hosting next week honors her and helps people in our community. Uh, if you're interested in signing up for that, find Jennifer Leonard. She would love to give you all of the information. So please make that a point. We hope to see lots of people donating blood next week. And we also want to remind you that this coming Saturday... We have two big events happening. We have our night of worship. We would love for you guys to make some time in your schedule and join us next Saturday for our night of worship. And our students are leaving to go to Colorado next Saturday. They are going to spend time climbing some mountains and rafting, and that's much more than just an adventure for them. Uh, the focus of that retreat is really spiritual formation. And so we ask that you keep them in your prayers, that uh, you would be praying for their safety as they leave on Saturday, but also that you would be praying for their spiritual growth and their time with God. Good morning. All right, I am here representing the search team for our student discipleship minister. Uh, and I think by now, y'all might know that I've been up here five, six, I don't know, a bunch of times. But I'm here representing the whole team. Uh, our team is myself, Dan Ferrier, Jason Velazquez, Michaela Drake, and Edie and Robert Hanrads. Um, and we've felt that it was important to give you updates along the way as we search for our new student discipleship minister. So we've tried to do that. Hopefully that has come across that we are filling you in every step along the way. And we've covered your prayers along the way, uh, and I'm sure you are tired of me being up here, as tired as I am of being up here. So, the good news is, this is the last time I have to do this, because last Sunday we hired CFCC's new student discipleship minister. We're very excited. Uh, his name is Cody Chaffin, and his wife is Lauren. They are currently serving in Missouri at a church named Centerpoint up in Missouri, uh, but we won't have to wait long. It'll be two weeks, and they will be here on the 4th. We all get to meet Cody and Lauren, and we couldn't be more excited. Uh, they were actually here with us last week. Some of you picked up on it. Some of you didn't, uh, but they visited. We got to spend a lot of time with Cody and Lauren and get to know them personally uh, and it's going to be such a blessing for them to be here with us and for us to be with them. Quick history, Cody and Lauren both grew up in the Cyprus area. They both attended and graduated from Cyprus Christian School. Uh, so their families are here, they're locals, and they couldn't be more excited to be back with family. We're going to show you a quick video here in a minute that Cody and Lauren made just to get to see them, and they're going to tell you a few things that excite them to be back here with us. So pay attention. Hello, CFCC family. Uh, I'm Cody Chaff, and this is my wife, Lauren, and we uh, cannot wait to be with y'all in a couple weeks. We wanted to just share with y'all uh, a few of the things we've missed about Houston while we were up in Missouri. And I guess I'll go first. Uh, the first thing I've missed and I love about Houston is the Houston Rockets. Uh, they are the best team in the history of the universe. Uh, they will win the championship this year uh, now that we have Russell Westbrook. And uh, yeah, 2020 champs. And the second thing that I've missed about Houston and I love about Houston is no more winters. Being in Missouri and Iowa was absolutely br brutal. Too much snow, and I will not miss that. 
So thank you, God, for Houston Heat. And finally, the third thing, more of a serious thing, uh, I love the amount of believers that are in Houston, uh, just the support system, the uh, community of faith. But there's also so much more we can do as a community of faith to reach the lost. Uh, so many areas that the gospel is still yet to reach, and we are excited to, uh, through God, uh, hopefully reach those areas and just show the love of Jesus to them. So, Lauren, what did you miss about Houston, or what do you love about Houston? Well, as a dietitian, uh, my first one, of course, has to be food-related, so um, I miss H-E-B dearly. I love H-E-B. There's nothing that compares. Um, also, I miss Tex-Mex a lot. I know that was one of your top ones as well. So we're excited for our Mexican food again. I heard the youth kids really love Whataburger on Sunday nights. Yeah. But, and we've missed that too. So we are very <laughs> excited about Sunday nights. Yeah, Whataburger's great too. Um, so I, I miss just being near a big city. I grew up in the Cypress area and, you know, downtown Houston's just about 30 minutes away. So, you know, we might not enjoy the traffic as much, big city traffic, but at least we got tons of stuff to do nearby, uh, museums, all kinds of culture and things there. Um, also, I went to Texas A&M, so college station's only an hour away, and uh, Cody, believe it or not, has never been to a game in Kyle Field yet, so that's gonna be a must-do for this fall. Um, and then finally, just I, I really just miss the culture of the city. Um, you know, Houston pride, Texas pride. We brought it up here to Missouri and no one really gets it. So um, we're excited to join with y'all in that. You know, I was down in Houston when Harvey hit and just to see a city, you know, come together like they did at that time, just is really inspiring and really awesome. So we're excited to get back to the people there. I'm excited to say y'all without being ridiculed. Me too. So, again, we look forward to seeing y'all in two short weeks. Be in prayer for us and for our uh, our church at Centerpoint as uh, this transition happens and we move down to Houston. We are so excited for this new role. Uh, thank you for all your support and prayers, and we will see you soon. See y'all soon. Bye. All right. So you saw on the screen that they will be here on the 4th, uh, and we will have a service service. We're going to have service on the 4th. We're going to have a reception after the service to kind of welcome them in. Uh, we'd love for y'all to all be there. As they mentioned, please be in prayer for them as uh, they transition from their current church uh, and move all the way from Missouri down here to Houston and be in prayer for the student ministry as they go through this transition as well. Uh, we appreciate it and thank you. Well, as we prepare to give of our tithes and offerings. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your provision in our lives. We thank you for providing this new student minister to minister and to serve our, our teens and to, to inspire them with the word of God and to connect with you and to connect with one another and to love this world the way that Christ loved. Father, we, uh, we thank you for your provision there. We thank you for your provision in our lives and in the big things, Lord, and in the small details. We know, uh, Father, um, we often believe that as opposed to what scripture says that, that maybe we're snake bit or maybe we have bad luck or maybe this life is, is um, not really what you meant for it to be for us. Uh, but Lord, we just grab hold of that scripture that says that surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives, Lord. And we, we look forward to that day where you dwell among us and, uh, and we are worshiping you for eternity. But until then, Lord, we look to you as our Father in heaven, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Good morning. Father, we thank you that you've given us the hope of heaven. Father, we thank you that you've given us the privilege of a personal relationship with the hope of heaven. Father, we thank you um, that you've given us a home. And Father, that the day is coming um, when we will close our eyes in death and open our eyes to forever be with you. And we thank you that someday in the future there will be a new heaven and new earth. 
The place which you dwell now will be united with the place um, that we live now, but it will be new, a new heaven and new earth. Father, we thank you. We pray that you'd teach us today. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. So how many of you celebrated Christmas in July this week? Raise your hand. Raise it high. High, high, high. How many of you, ah, Rosie, what am I talking about? Do you know? What? Hallmark movies. No, Rosie. No. Anyone else want to take a stab at what I'm talking about? What? What? Camping? No, but that's close to heaven. I heard it over here. Who said it? Amazon Prime Day. I mean, that was the talk in our office over and over and over again. And um, I don't know if Kevin broke down. I mean, he was, I mean, it's like he was confessing sin or something. This Amazon Prime was in his bloodstream. Ended up buying something, but you know, Amazon Prime Day. Now listen to this. Over 176 million items, not dollars, items were sold over the course of those two days. On Amazon Prime Day this past week, sales exceeded Black Friday and Cyber, whatever it's called, Monday all combined. It's not Cyber Monday, is it? Oh, it is, good. It shows you how much I shop. You know, I broke down and became an Amazon Prime member, and I will say Christmas this past year was much easier. I love stuff coming to my door. You know, if you bought something this week and you're experiencing buyer's remorse, I mean, they are trying to suck you in. You can go to Kohl's and return a lot of your Amazon Prime purchases, not all of them, but many of them, if you do not like the product you bought. Most, the biggest product this year was Alexa, I forgot what I called her this week and got laughed out of the office, but I don't have her. But Alexa with screens, the number one purchased item this year, and then Amazon tablets. I think the Fire 7 was the number one selling tablet. So in honor of Christmas in July, stand with me. Don't get mad, just bear with me on this, ready? Ready? Kevin will not let me sing on stage. Ready? So I'm just gonna help you a little. Ready, first verse. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Keep going. Prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing. Beautiful. Be seated. The song talks about our heart, right? We need to prepare room for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Hopefully he lives within us right now this morning. Hopefully we've embraced him, Jesus Christ as Savior and King. But the truth of the matter is every person in this room has not crossed the line of faith. And you know what? Whether you have or you haven't, I am thrilled you're here today because the series, The Hope of Heaven, applies, impacts every single person on the face of the earth because 
as I said last week, the mortality rate is 100%. We're all going to die someday apart from Christ coming again. Another verse, stanza of joy to the world goes like this. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow as far, far as the curse is found. As far as the curse is found. As far as the curse is found, and I'll spare you on that little up and down as far as the curse is found. You know, the truth of the matter is Christ came to this world to deal with the curse. He's coming to the world, this world. Sin will be forever dealt with. There will be no more sin. There will be no more suffering. There will be no more pain. In heaven, there will not be thorns infesting the ground. I have thorns. I have, my dad called them saw briars infesting the place, the woods behind my house. And I tell you, when I go out and try to clear some of them, um, sometimes I will forget to wear long sleeves or I'll just get this little itch to rip down some briars in shorts in my leg. I went to Slitterbond three days after I'd piled up a big pile of briars. I looked like I'd been whipped or something. I had all these cuts on my arm and my legs. Think about it. No longer will thorns infest the ground? Question, question. Why are we in this mess anyway? Why are we in this mess? You know, I wish it was just thorns. Thorns are easy. My mother-in-law at 80 years of age was diagnosed with breast cancer two weeks ago. Some of you, I heard this morning of multiple people battling different physical illnesses. I'm afraid it might be a little depressing or I would ask how many of you have a loved one battling cancer or maybe you're battling cancer. You see, part of the mess we're in is a world marked with struggle and suffering. I just out of the corner of my eye saw two nurses who work in in one of the finest hospitals in Houston and they see challenges often day after day after day far as the curse is found. Betrayal, relationship breakups, poverty, famine, far as the curse is found, all of that will be wiped out. So why the mess? Because we blow it. Humanity has blown it. Adam blew it, right? We blow it. So Adam's created and God breathes into his body the breath of life. And and then God says, it is not good for the man to be alone. And then God gives them one rule. They're not to eat from the tree of life and they break it, right? Right? They break the rule. Sounds like kids, doesn't it? See, God had two children and they blew it. And if you have children, they will blow it at some time because we blow it. You see, they chose 
This is my definition of sin. And some people think I'm softening the word sin. What I'm doing is defining the word sin because if you tell someone, if you'll just confess your sins and confess Jesus as Savior, you can have a relationship with God. A lot of people say, sin? That's the truth. Sin? What are you talking about? That sounds like church language. Translate. Sin is choosing your way over God's way. That's what sin is. It's choosing your way over God's way and all of us do it. Adam and Eve, the story of Adam and Eve, there might be a few here, there might be more than a few that don't believe in a literal Adam and Eve. I believe in a literal Adam and Eve, but go with me here. At least philosophically, humanity has blown it. They've blown it. And so again and again, here's God's way, and we think we're smarter than God. There is a real enemy. He's a vandal. He wants to vandalize your life. He wants to mar your life. He wants to hurt your life. He wants to rob you of hope. And he's right there in the garden saying, you know, just, just look at this. God's holding out on you. He's threatened by you. He's afraid you're going to become just like him. That's why he's telling you, don't eat, don't eat. Not the case. God walked and talked with Adam and Eve in the garden. He had a close relationship with them. And when they disobeyed, they hid because they were living in guilt. Why are we in this mess? Because we choose our way over God's way. Romans 5.12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, Adam, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Sounds like a plague. Sounds like an epidemic. I'm trying to think of, oh, the, the Houston, Harris County jails are shut down because of an epidemic of the mumps. They're not letting people in or out right now, right? I'm sure the workers, but ministry workers are not allowed to come in right now. You know, mumps is a problem, but death is a bigger problem. And so death spread throughout the world. The result of blowing it is the curse. You say, what? Well, you're cursed. And I'm cursed. Mankind is cursed. This isn't my language. This is God's language. If you have a Bible, turn with me to Genesis 3, 15. Genesis 3, 15. Now, before I even read the passage, if I said we've blown it and this world's messed up, and I say that blowing it is called the curse, all right? You tell me what this curse looks like in our world today. Be bold, jump out. What does the curse look like? What does the mess we're in look like? Hello? What? Murder. Murder. Chaos. Chaos. Sickness. Sickness. Destruction. Destruction. What? Anger. Anger. War. War. What does it look like in our families? Divorce. Divorce? That's not the only thing that happens in our families. What? Illness. Illness? Division, abuse, infidelity. See, now you're getting there. 
Seriously, that's the curse. God did not intend those things, but that's part of choosing our way over God's way. It never stops where we think it should stop. You hear that? It never stops. And see, I could, let's just do it. What does the curse look like in your workplace? Hello? Cheating? Jealousy? What? Stealing? Gossiping? Hate? All right, we've heard that a couple times. You know, if theft didn't take place in department stores, might be one reason Amazon makes so much money, the prices could be cut down significantly because there's a significant price fixed in because of theft. That's part of the curse. God says this to the serpent. Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will, by the way, I try to hit a snake when I'm driving on the road. (laughs) I have a neighbor who he's new heaven, new earth, All of God's creation is wonderful. I've had a pet snake. One of them got loose in our home and we never found it. We moved three months later, so it didn't matter. It was a king snake, right? Right? Crazy, huh? That's the truth. All right? But I still try to take them out on the roads. I just do. I just, poisonous, whoa, you know. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, crush your head, and you shall bruise his heel. This is a um, proclamation of the gospel in Genesis 3. That's Jesus. To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, someone said, when I said, tell me about the curse, what does the curse look like in your workplace? They simply said, work. (laughs) To some degree. You know, we're not going to hate going to work in heaven, and yet we're going to have responsibilities. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Death is part of the curse. Do you see that there? Some argue about that. I think that passage is pretty clear. The answer to the curse is heaven. No. But this series is on heaven, Dale. Well, we're taking a little pause today because if what I'm teaching today were not true, heaven doesn't make a difference. All right? The answer to the curse is not heaven, it's Jesus. Many, many years ago, when I was 14 years of age, I'd only been in in church one time prior to that time in church. And over the course of three months, my eyes were open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was the most amazing news I had heard, ever heard in my whole life. 
that God loved me, that he would send his son so that I might have a relationship with him was amazing, and it's still amazing to this day. There are multiple ways to enter a relationship with Jesus Christ. You say, what? Oh, there are. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. But just a little heads up, no follower of Jesus in the New Testament, in the Gospels, prayed to ask Jesus into their heart. I did. That's how I came to know Christ. That's how I entered a relationship with Christ. That's how I crossed the line of faith. Say, uh-oh, Dale. No, guys, I'm, I'm serious. It was that simple. But you see, most of us think the only way to come to know Jesus is to pray a prayer. Let me warn you, many people have prayed prayers and have not become followers of Christ because they didn't want to go to hell. They wanted to go to heaven. Their hope was in heaven, not in Jesus. And when your hope's only in heaven, kind of a ticket to heaven, right? We've been playing ticket to ride in my house lately. Awesome game. We use the children's edition. It's awesome. It's a shame when adults are cutthroat with a six-year-old about to be seven. You know, her mom hates to lose. Of course, I don't mind losing. You say praying a prayer is not a ticket to heaven. A relationship with Jesus Christ by faith through grace is, is the answer to the curse. If you'd like to talk with me more about that, I would be glad to. Romans 5.12, if you would, this is another lengthy passage. Let's look at it. Romans verse 12 and then we'll jump to 15 therefore just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin and so death spread to all men because all sinned we read that a moment ago time out just for a moment you say Dale did you just tell me if I prayed a prayer to ask Christ into my life I'm not a believer that is not what I said how did Dale come to know Christ and cross over the line of faith I prayed a prayer all I'm saying is praying a prayer is not a magic wand a relationship with Jesus is what's transformative so here we go But the free gift is not like the trespass, verse 15. For if many died through one man's trespass, Adam, much more have the grace of God and the free gift and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. So Adam sinned once and received condemnation. We sin many, 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 many times And we're made right with God through Jesus Christ. That's what this says. Continue. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification in life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience, the many were made righteous. Do you think God's trying to make a point here? It almost sounds like he's saying the same thing over and over, verse after verse after verse after verse. Four verses in a row. One man's sin, Adam, condemnation. 
One man's obedience, one man's act of righteousness, one man's death on a cruel cross, his life for our life brought forgiveness and right relationship with God. Galatians 3.13, listen to this closely. A terrible price was paid that we might know the hope of heaven, Jesus, and that we might have the hope of heaven, a forever home in the new heaven and new earth. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a what? Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse. It's a terrible price, folks. Terrible price. But God was willing to pay it out of his love for you and me. That's why entering a relationship with God through faith in Christ, faith in the one who became a curse so that we would not be cursed is the greatest decision, the greatest commitment anyone makes on this earth. Paul goes on, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hanged on a tree. Randy Alcorn writes, God has his hands on the earth. He will not let it go. Even when it requires that his hands be pierced by nails, both his incarnation and those nails, him coming to earth in physical form and those nails secured him to earth and its eternal future. In a redemptive work far larger than most imagine, Christ bought and paid for our future. Our future and the earth. Jesus Christ is the hope of heaven. You might have read the E! News today. You might have even read in your bulletin um, There are some key words beginning with the prefix re, re in God's word, re. Redemption is the first one, redemption. To buy back what was formerly owned, formerly, excuse me, owned, to buy back. You see, you're created in the image of God but your life is marred by sin. My life has been marred by sin. We're cursed. But Jesus becomes a curse so that the curse from us might be removed. We might be made right with God. He buys us. He buys us from the bondage of rebellion and the price is the life of his son. Second word, reconciliation. We're out of relationship with God. We're choosing our own way over God's way, but God reconciles us. Maybe you've been in a broken relationship before and been reconciled. Making up's a good thing. It often honors God. Hopefully it's not an unhealthy relationship. Hopefully someone's been selfish or you've both been selfish and now you've been reconciled. Make no doubt about it. God's never been selfish. All he's ever done is loved you and pursued you. But you see, he wants you to be reconciled to him. Listen to this verse. For in him, Jesus all the fullness of God, Colossians 1, 19 and 20, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by what? The blood of the cross. We've been reconciled, we've been redeemed. 
The price is Christ's very own blood. A restoration to return, to return what was lost or ruined to its original condition. You see, the process of our life from the point we enter into relationship with God is restoration. He wants us to walk and talk with him like Adam and Eve walked and talked with him. He doesn't walk on earth with us, but amazingly, he placed his spirit in us. It's a promise that we have the hope of heaven. Jesus said, pray this way. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're praying for that now while we live. And so we're praying for God's kingdom to come, his will be to be done in our very own lives. Resurrection, to make alive again. Death rules, death reigns, but death will be cast into the lake of fire, the Bible says. Death will be no more. We battle death. We battle it. It's real. But you see, our hope is not in this life. Our hope is in Jesus and we have life forever with him, but make no doubt this body is going to be raised up. We close our eyes in death, open our eyes in heaven, what form we're in, different people debate, but a resurrection day is coming around the time of the new heaven and new earth coming, and we will be resurrected. Listen to these words. They're incredible words. That's not the incredible word. And if Christ, beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. Last scripture, last scripture. Remember I mentioned the vandalizer earlier? I won't ask you to say anything, but how is the enemy vandalizing your life right now this moment? I'm telling you, he's working to take you out at your knees. Yeah, we see injuries on TV sometimes and just I just soon not see them, right? But someone's knees buckle or someone's legs snap, the enemy wants to take you out. I promise you that. He's a liar. He hates you. He hates God's perfect plan. By the way, there's no plan B. God's always been pursuing the plan, the plan we've been talking about. I wish I could say there's no struggle right now, but there is. But look at this. God's not looking at your life and saying, okay, Cole, okay, throw away. We're doing some house cleaning right now. It's amazing how much junk you gather, right? The bigger your house, the bigger your closets, the more junk you have. I'm convinced of that. You see, there's not one person on the face of this earth. There's not one group of people on the face of this earth. Earth itself is not a throwaway. God longs to restore God wants to give birth, listen to this passage, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. 
For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it and hoped that the creation itself would be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together groaning together. I've seen ships where submarines are groaning. Did I say ships? Movies. I have a friend who's a cryptologist on a nuclear submarine. He can't tell me anything about it or anything he does or when he leaves or when, I know when he returns home because he contacts me. But we see the movies where the submarine is groaning because it's going to be crushed by the pressure of the ocean. Guys, this world's not going to be crushed. God is giving birth. God's not going to put you out of your misery. God's giving birth. There's hope. God is with you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The hope of heaven is not just someday, somewhere, somehow. We have the hope of heaven today and it can and does change the way we see this world. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, the Spirit in us, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. I've gone a little long today, but there's no more important subject. In a moment, uh, I'm going to ask those who are serving communion to come forward at this time. You see, the curse is represented by something beautiful that we take part in. The curse. The bread representing the body of Christ the incarnation, he pitched his tent among us. The cup representing the blood of Jesus, cursed is every man who hangs on a tree. You see, we come forward and we celebrate life, not death. We celebrate his kingdom come, the fact that we, we are going to live until he comes again. We celebrate his coming. This is a time of celebration, of celebration. He became a curse so the curse might be removed. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for redemption, the price you've paid. We thank you for reconciliation, that we can live in relationship with you. We thank you for restoration, that we can continue to be changed. And Father, we thank you for the new heaven and new earth and the new body that you're going to give us. Father, we celebrate Jesus because he is the hope of heaven. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, early on in the message, I talked about praying that prayer. Why do we still do that? It, Dale, if what you said's true, 
why do you do that with people? Why do you think that's a good thing? Here's why. I believe that God draws us into relationship with him and that we shouldn't live our life wondering, hoping, kind of like I hope I'm gonna win something. God wants us to live our life in confidence, confidence concerning our relationship with him. I compare it to driving down a stake. Adoption proceedings. It's final. It's done. God looks at us and he says, you are mine. But you don't know my life, Dale. I don't have to. There's no throwaways. No coals in God's kingdom. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. Isn't that a beautiful message? His mercy is more. You name anything. I just say, his mercy is more. I don't know where you stand in relationship with God today. You might say, well, Dale, I hope I'm God's child. Stop hoping and know by grace through faith is how we have a relationship with God a simple childlike prayer our prayer partners are here maybe you're going through a tough time maybe you are God's child you know it but you just want to pray with someone today Our prayer partners are here. Maybe you want to drive down that stake. I'm here. Kevin's here. We're always available. Our prayer partners are here. Listen to the confidence that we have in our God who alone is worthy. Let's stand. Lord God in heaven, we thank you that you have sealed our eternity in Christ Jesus that you are the only one worthy to open the scrolls. You are the only one worthy to die. You are the only one worthy to conquer the grave and you are the only one worthy of our worship. So as we go out of this place, Lord, that we fix our eyes on you, not on the blessing of heaven, not on the on the reward of heaven, but on you. For you, God, are the treasure of heaven. You are the reward of heaven. We place our hope and our faith in you. Lord, give us the strength to face this mess of a world that we live in. But I pray that that we would walk this earth not with our eyes cast downward, but in hope. Like those who who have a hope secured in the foundations of an unshakable kingdom. Lord, give us strength as we face the day until we live with you for eternity. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.